Hello and welcome to another very special episode of Hot Takes, the story screen podcast where we see new movies and then talk about them with you, the listener. Uh, this is a weird episode because this is the first one we're doing uh, remotely, so um, if it sounds a little different or sounds better, you can let us know. But I'm your host, Robert Anderson, and I'm joined by Mike Burge and Bernadette Gorman-White. Hello. Hi, everybody. Hello. How you guys doing today? Good. Good. Yeah. How are you? Chilling, chilling, yeah. How are you guys feeling about the uh, the remote podcast setup? Excited to see what it sounds like. Yeah, hopefully it's good. Yeah, I'm excited to see what it sounds like. That's exactly. <laughs> we're gonna find out. Cool. Well, uh, so the new movie we saw together or separately was uh, Baccarat, um, and that movie's fucking weird. That's my hot take. That's a weird fucking movie, but I kind of liked it. Uh, what are your guys' hot take on Baccarat? I also liked it. Mm-hmm. It was a slow burn to get into. It was interesting. Um, I thought it was cool that I didn't know where it was going. And because, I'm not saying this because it's a foreign language film, but I felt like I didn't have the language to really understand it at first. And then slowly and surely, we got more into it. And I really enjoyed it, but it was really weird and it made me feel really bad. But I also really yeah. liked it. What do you think, Mike? Uh, I absolutely love this movie so much. This is like a, it's, we'll get into it deeper, I'm sure. But it's like the the use of genre um, and the homage to certain types of like Sergio Leone stuff and John Carpenter stuff. It's like one of those things where it's like, you know, the Grindhouse movies, like, like the the grindhouse movies where they're like we're gonna harken back to grindhouse days right. like hobo with a shotgun and machete and death proof and planet terror mm-hmm. like they they use all the kishy kind of genre elements that make grindhouse movies grindhouse movies whereas this movie is kind of using the elements of those types of like 70s and 80s genre films but using them in tandem with like their own mix of suspense and like their own story and stuff. It feels like it feels like more of an homage than a ripoff without treading far too deep into homage and using it as a crutch, you know, Yeah. which I thought from the trailer, that's what it was going to be. But this movie is like, it takes its time. It's well paced. It lets you live in it. It's I, I did not expect to like this movie as much as I did. I thought I was going to enjoy it, but I like really like this movie. Yeah, I would say it. Uh, I definitely found it to be a slow burn at first. It took me a while to get into it myself, um, but I did. I did end up really liking it. But uh, yeah, it's just what you're getting served up in like the first half hour of the movie is just not what the rest of the movie is. Yeah. And it's a mm-hmm. uh, it's a cool like twist and reveal. And there and there's seeds of like the movie being like, is this just like dealing with this like town in brazil doing Mm. like their own stuff or is there like something more going on and and uh but there's little seeds you're like they have like certain technologies and things like that you're like when does this take place exactly like what's going on Mm -hmm. um and i thought the way they like doled out that little information was really cool and and, uh it's not i think till you meet like a group of characters later where you're like oh this is this is the movie that we're in and i thought that was pretty cool yeah i really enjoy it when a film or television show that takes place in the future isn't overt with all of the futuristic tones because I think a lot of sci-fi thinks that once we reach the future there's going to be no old world left 
which just doesn't feel real to me. And so I really like the mixture of old world versus new world. I think it makes a lot more sense. Yeah, like a lot of things in this movie, there's like different levels to every single thing that they're doing and different contexts that are so much fun to, it's fun to just watch it and experience it. But the more you think about it, like the, the, the fact that they say that it takes place in the near future is like both exactly what Bernadette's talking about, but it's also like this town would not be affected. Like it's, it's, it shows that even in a futuristic world, as futuristic as ours can be by their standards, like it's still just that it's futuristic that they have phones that they all like have iPhones. Like that's like future for them, you know? Sure. Yeah. There's just like little light touches and stuff where it's like, it's, it serves the plot of the story. It serves the politics that the story is trying to talk about. And it kind of sets like this kind of fun, like Mad Max, uh, kind of atmosphere to the beginning of the movie which you know the movie like you guys have said is like a slow burn at the beginning but it's like it's intentional because they do seed in those little tiny moments of like just watch like there's other stuff is definitely coming and then it just takes a quick like hard turn and becomes something else but even then it that's not exactly what you might expect it to be yeah I mean, I think, you know, it, movies that are slow burns, it's, it, I don't think a slow burn is necessarily a knock. It's just, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think when you're in, like, the beginning of the movie and, and it's paced that way, you're, you're always like, what what is the flick? You know, like, what's going on? Uh, and this movie does a good job of kind of keeping you engaged while also, like, slowly doling out information. But, yeah, it was, uh, it took me, admittedly, it did take me a while to get into it, but I, I really dug it by the end. Um... So, what it, did Burn? Did you see the trailer for this before? I no, did I didn't see it either. I wanted to go in as ambiguous as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Burn, you knew a decent amount about it already before going in. Uh, no, I I watched the trailer because it was like a um. It, it won, like, the Cannes Jury Prize recently, mm-hmm. and it was getting touted as, like, this next kind of big thing. We were... I was planning on booking it for the theater uh, when it got its, like, release that would have been, like, around this time. Yeah. Um, But that did not happen because the theater is closed currently due to COVID-19 restrictions and safety. Uh, but... Uh, Kino Lorber, the uh, studio, which is one of the main reasons that we're kind of doing this hot take like real quick and testing out all of this like kind of satellite digital recording uh, is because they like partnered with us to scream it to stream it over our website, uh, kind of like a digital uh, virtual theatrical experience where you can go in there and like money that you money that you spend on renting it and watching this movie half of it goes to us, half of it goes to the studio. So it's a way for the studios to support the theaters while the theaters can still support the studios. And a lot more studios are starting to open up for that. I've put out a bunch of feelers around the past couple days and they're starting to come back to me where we're going to start having more of this type of content on the website. Probably not even just during this entire thing, but right now this is like the perfect way for our listeners and people who like us to support the theater and also support the movie industry, which is like taking a hard hit right now because it's not being considered like one of these gigantic corporations that needs to be taken care of or one of like, you know, the more personal kind of stuff that needs to be taken care of. Like it's kind of in the middle there. It's not a small business industry, but it's also not just like 
a huge economical corporation. Hollywood is, and Hollywood's going to get taken care of, but the movie theater industry is not really on the horizon right now being taken care of. So this is kind of a way to do that. And so because I was going to show this movie at the theater eventually and showing it now, I've watched the trailer a couple times. The trailer is very goofy. It makes you think that it's more in line with the grindhouse type of stuff. There's because it's if you take you know only five elements from this movie to pitch an idea to somebody, those five elements just become so, um, you know, just like so like precise that you think that that's what the movie's going to be. But there's so much more going on to it that can't really be communicated in like a two minute like pitch. Yeah. No, I'm glad. I'm kind of glad I didn't see the trailer because uh, I did not see the twist or the genre shift coming at all. Mm-hmm. And that ben- and that benefited my viewing experience. I don't know about you, Burn. Like, oh, absolutely. I agree yeah. with you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I like... Um, yeah, and speaking to Burge's point about like how story screens like showing this through like our own like subscription model or, or an assisted subscription model. Um, uh, it was very easy to sign up for and log in and put in your payment info. And... Uh, and yeah, you can watch it. You watch it in the home theater for now. So it'd be cool that we have kind of like a fourth digital screen here, you know? Right, and a way for people who aren't in the Beacon area to yeah. also help Support us out. Us. Yeah. yeah, for sure, absolutely. Yeah, very this cool. Is a, this is this has turned out absolutely great because I knew it was going to be a decent movie because it got a lot of reaction out of festivals. This is a great movie. This is, I personally, I think this is like an awesome execution of technique. Everything that makes a good movie a good movie. Uh, and the fact that this is like the thing that's going to like steer us in the direction of being able to virtually get support for the theater and get support for our studios and stuff like that, who have been nothing but cool about all of this. Like the studios are being so nice uh, to try and like, they're working endlessly to try and figure out a way to be able to still support independent movie theaters um so the fact that it also happens to be like probably easily one of my favorite movies of the year so far is very cool how many how many new movies you see this year three birds of prey (laughs) uh the invisible man absolutely slaps invisible man fucks that movie rocks i'm i'm about to drop another 20 dollars so me and d can watch it because like she has to see it i want it kirsten's really wanting to see it too i'm just like "Ah, i think you dig it good it's burn you have to watch that movie i would like to it is i'm on a moss train right now i was gonna say you love elizabeth moss i do elizabeth moss (laughs) yeah that movie rocks uh i mean portrait of the lady on fire is still the best movie of the year I really look forward to watching that on Hulu. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, technically, Portrait of a Lady on Fire is a 2019 movie, but it's you can true. Whatever, you can do whatever not you for want. Me, not for me, you dog. Can do whatever, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> it's your rule. You could make Die Hard your number one every year. No one can tell you. There's no rules. Well, true. I don't know about that, but you can do. There's no rules. There's no rules. No rules. No mom. No rules. Um, well, that's also what I would say about this movie is that it's just so different, Batgirl, yeah. and what a better movie to stream in this like very weird dystopian times. Certainly, mm-hmm. certainly distracting from uh, our dystopian times. Mm-hmm. Also yeah. they're, they're a fully functioning community with not a ton of stuff. So that might be us very soon. Hey. <laughs> um, yeah. The movie's cool. I, uh, I was doing some research on like some other 
like just like trivia stuff about the flick and like the name of the school is like named after it's like John Carpenter in Spanish. It's like the name oh. of the school. So oh, stuff yeah. like that's cool. cool. They have one of his songs in the movie. I think it's like the synthy song is like because that's the kind of music that John Carpenter makes, right, Mike? He does like synth wavy stuff. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, outside of like Halloween and things like that, like he has his own well, personal no, yeah, music. John Carpenter yeah. was one of the first guys to really kind of launch the synth movement in movies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so predominantly crazy and all the. We and me and Diana just watched Witness. For the first time, I, I she's seen it tons of times. I it's one of my blind spots, and I've been catching up on a lot of those. And Witness is a movie about Harrison Ford hiding in an Amish community to be able to protect an Amish boy who is the witness of a murder in the city. Oh, I've heard of this movie. Yes, it's a very serious, dramatic, uh, slightly action movie. Like and the Fugitive. The entire score is synth music. Hmm. I'm into that. It's really weird because it's just there was this moment in like the like the mid early 80s to like the like the late 80s where it was like every movie was synth because you're like it's so easy it can do every instrument it's good stuff it's good stuff yes and so john carpenter is very well known for uh scoring films with synth music like assault on precinct 13 um that's the other thing is like this movie is just like a John Carpenter, like the thing, Assault in Precinct 13, a small group of survivors that are being attacked by an outside thing and they have to band together and figure it out. It's just like it's painted with Carpenter everywhere. Cool. Yeah, I'm not su- I'm not the most familiar with uh, Carpenter's work outside of like Halloween, um, which I really Car- like. We-, we should do a Carpenter series. I'd be into it. Yeah. I'd, sounds I want like all a, that shit. Sounds like a sounds like a pretty good uh, subscription paywall model kind of thing, maybe. I, you know, you're not supposed mm-hmm. to call it a paywall. <laughs> Why not? It's just Why it's not? yeah. It's not it's not the spite. It's not the tastiest term. It's not the most delicious term. Like a like a money block. Uh, like a fence made of cash. Like or a cash fence. <laughs> like a cash cash fence. fence. Yeah, that's what that's what we gotta call it. That's good. Okay, cash fence. Cash fence. Uh, yeah. So yeah, this movie's cool. I don't want to spoil anything about it if no one's seen it yet. True. So, um, does anyone have any spoiler-free takes or things they want to say to someone who's listening who hasn't had a chance to see the flick yet? I mean, really, just if you are a little off-put by how strange this film is at the beginning, just stick with it because it's very rewarding. It becomes yeah. like a normal movie eventually. It's, Which who it, cares? Who wants the normal movie? I didn't want yeah. the normal movie, but yes, I yeah. I got it more as it went along. Yeah, I would say like because you know we're we we we're recording this on Thursday, the day before it's uh, being released on our website, and yeah. we're gonna start advertising it pretty much right after because we wanted to be able to watch it to be able to advertise like how good it is or what it's about correctly. So I would say in all of that, we're going to be asking people to listen to this episode, like listen to the first like, you know, 15 minutes or so. They're spoiler free. Get our read on it. And then if you want to go watch it, you can go watch it and then come back and catch the rest kind of the way hot takes usually works. So I would just say to anybody, if you're liking what you're hearing and you were thinking about maybe checking it out, please go over to the go to the storyscreenbeacon.com and go to the virtual theater tab and uh, pay twelve dollars. It come. It supports us. It supports the theater. It supports the movie industry. It's a really good movie, and then you get to listen yeah. to us jab about it for a little bit longer too. It's you win. Everyone wins. Get a get Zoom 
and then do a viewing party with your friends, and then you can do your own fucking podcast. Yeah, mm-hmm. we were talk we were talking about doing like a like a viewing party, like chat after the movie type thing. Maybe we should do that with like Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Now that that's coming out, maybe we could try and be like, hey, it's on Hulu, watch it, and then link up with us. Yeah, I mean, some kind cool. of discussion thing would certainly be cool. Um, yeah, so we're gonna take a quick break and go into spoilies and talk about specifics of the movie. But I think we all recommend watching it, um, not just to support us, but also because the movie is like pretty fucking good, right? It's really good. It's a and good it's fucking a movie. Fun, it's a lot of fun to talk about. And yeah, it expands your worldview. Like, why wouldn't you want to do that in a time like this? It's cool. Yeah, you know, you do get to see like uh, another culture like operate in in some cool ways. And then uh, a more familiar culture operate in some dastardly ways, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as as time usually goes. And it's a way to spend two hours. Yeah. That too, yeah. Which is what everybody's looking for right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything you guys want to plug in this section before we go on to spoilers? Like, is there is there any other things Story Screen is going to be doing in like a few days that we want to talk about? Uh, sure. Lightly, just because we haven't uh, crossed all the T's and dotted the I's. But we are launching a cash fence. Uh, we are doing a subscription service soon for like exclusive content and early access to podcasts and articles and really awesomely edited videos by some truly talented individuals that we have working behind the scenes here. Um, yeah, just like storiescreenbeacon.com's content thing is just like kind of going into a new thing. Uh, we're going to be trying some stuff out and just trying to make it so that we can get some better equipment, uh, broaden our audience, uh, invite people into our community and talk to us about stuff some more and just try and um, just get some exposure out there to like different people that might not know that we exist and also try and make it the best version of everything that it can be. Um, other than that, like, you know, we have the streaming virtual thing that's going to be happening soon. We have... Um, we have a big fundraiser that we're going to be announcing next week uh, in order to like uh, like raffle off like a bunch of cool prizes and stuff like that. On that note, uh, by the time that this airs, probably the store will be updated with new merchandise that we have coming our way. Uh, I won't say exactly what because you have to go there and check it out. But uh, you can get a story screen dog. We got yeah. dogs. We're selling we've got, them. Yeah, we've got fences <laughs> that you can buy with cash. So many fences for dogs. Yeah, it's cash fences. Cool. Uh, yeah. So I guess like be following us on Twitter, Instagrams, and Facebook to uh, be up to date about those things and more that are coming in their future. We're trying to do more internet. We all pay for the internet, so we might as well use it if we're home. Damn straight. Yeah. Cool. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with spoilies for Baccarat, and uh, I'm going to tell you who dies. So see you soon. And we're back with spoilies for Baccarat, the movie that is weird, but also very good. Um. So yeah, what uh, what are what are some moments you guys want to lead off with to to talk about this flick? Uh, if I could just jump right into it real quick, I, I don't think it'll be a long conversation. I love the use of nudity in this movie. Yeah, interesting. I think normalizing nudity is very important. It's very cool, and it's done very stylistically. It starts out kind of like ooh, and then they do it again, and you're like, oh. And then it just becomes more and more just like, I mean, this is just what it is. And by the end, you're like, 
into it. Yes. I'm yes. uh I've been watching Altered Carbon, so I'm immune <laughs> to um dick pussy, ass tits, abs, um backflap, all, all of the, it. All the, every body all part, the, every body part you can think the, of. All the kids' words. Yep, yep all the kids' words. <laughs> I back can't flap. backflap. Wow. All of it. Uh <laughs> undergrowth. I just know it. <laughs> I just know it all now. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I do think that that's a that's a good point, Mike. That that's a they use that very well in this film. Thank you, Rob. You have good eyes for naked. You know that. I keep an eye out. It's not something <laughs> you see every day. <laughs> Bird, what about you? What uh, specific moments did you? What, what's like a moment you'd like to bring up first from the flick? Oh, geez. I mean, I really liked the very slow opening of getting to know all of these characters fairly intimately, with also a good air of mystery. I think they did a really good job of keeping things really hidden yeah. while also revealing a lot. At first, I was a little nervous that the whole film was going to feel like a lot of exposition, but there really wasn't a lot. Just entering the town, there was a little bit that you got about Lungo, and I kind of thought, oh gosh, is it all going to be like this? Mm-hmm. And then the further I got into it, it was like, oh no, and that actually wasn't a lot of exposition. It actually lended to more mystery. Yeah. And so they did a really good job of towing that line, which I really appreciated. Nice. Yeah, I think for me, like, you know, seeing like the iPad in the car or the trucks that have like the video walls and stuff on it, like some of those moments are really what started to, to grab me into it because I kept being like, what what is going on in this movie? Or like when you see like the the drone for the first time that just looks like a UFO, which is super weird. Um, that like really grabbed me too. But yeah, I do like the way that um, you know, the film almost feels like anthropological with this culture and like the in the beginning moments of the film, and you're just like following along. I almost thought there was gonna be more like um, mysticism and magic happening because you know like word like verbiage kind of like witch and stuff like that come up and. We have, like, a doctor coming to town, so I almost thought there was going to be some, like, you know, magic medicine situation going on, but they they pivot from that fairly quickly. They do. I really like how they use that Dominguez character at the beginning, shouting at the dead grandmother, and being very strange, and as you said, witchy, and then Mm. to find out that she holds a position of great power in the community was very cool, and she just has a really cool through line throughout the duration of the film. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's very there's very awesome human uh, subplots in this movie that are just I think that lends itself to like how it takes its time and lets you live with these people and see how they live before you start going into all of this stuff and you start getting the idea like, well, how are these people going to match up against this thing that I know is coming? And you find out it's like they all just do it because they work together and that they trust each other and that they can get over their differences to be able to tackle essentially just like metaphorical colonialism and imperialism and just like the the whole thing with um uh is i think it's a sonia braga's character dominga who's the the um have you guys ever seen like kiss of the spider woman no or moon over parador like she's like an older uh actress like back in the 80s if you if you needed a uh uh slightly not white uh character she was your go-to person (laughs) like for comedies and Mm -hmm. like woody allen used her a bunch and it's the same with like Udo Kier, who plays the uh, 
the main the main like uh, antagonist dude. He's just like I guarantee you guys have seen him like pop up and just randomly like he's just like yeah. a big like bit character who plays characters like this. And so utilizing those two and giving them moments of like humanism and especially that moment that they have together is just so much fun because the movie doesn't have to do that because it's already going down the rails. You're seeing where the movie's going and you know the ending's coming, but they still take these moments to go, Oh, Longa's actually not that bad of a guy, but he's forced to be a super bad dude because he's the one that's the most capable of doing these terrible things to like kind of scare these guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh I had a point. It's gone. Well, well, just do what I do and just start talking. Just keep, just, just keep <laughs> on speaking. Well, I'll let you think of it while I say, yeah, I agree with you, Burge, that uh, I really like that this film does such a good job of following every character for the perfect amount of time because they set up such a wide swath of different characters at the beginning of the film that it gives you the opportunity to care about all of them in the same depth that it doesn't really matter which character's on screen, you're happy to be spending time with that character. Even the ones that you don't even get an introduction to until they become like a huge valid part of the plot. And then you're very invested in those characters, which is very hard to do. And I don't think a lot of films do very well. It's like a, it's really cool that the movie doesn't really have a protagonist or an antagonist, like one individual. Like you think it's going to be Teresa because she's the character that we're, really first introduced to and we see we learn about the world through her interactions with everybody yeah she kind of goes away at some point she well yeah. she just becomes she co- becomes a part of the community she comes back home and she comes back home and home is the main character Bakurao is the main protagonist and the main antagonist is this kind of like carpenter-esque uh gang of like rogues gallery villains that stand for every version of like colonialism that we can really think of. Like the, you've got like your American military dudes, you've got your Nazi type dudes who, which had a, led to an amazing exchange. That was good. Udo Kirt, that's one of the best scenes in the movie. Mm-hmm. And you've just got all this bravado of all these people who think that they're in control and they can do whatever they want. And then you find out like they can't hold a candlestick up to a community that trusts one another, even though their day-to-day lives, they have their problems. They can still come together to be able to just kill the boogeyman very quickly and worse than anything that the boogeyman was going to do to that true mm-hmm. yeah uh i looked up that a lot of the um like extras and even like some of the speaking roles in the movie are all people who like live in the in that actual town which uh, i forget the name of it off the top of my head but uh yeah that's it's all it's, it's almost like beats of the southern wild where they're just like you're you're in the movie now come be in the movie yeah i love the setup too of like we're not on the map anymore Huh. Mm-hmm. And then it just moves on and goes to something else. You're like, the phones aren't working. We're, it's like, it's all of this genre element stuff to like isolate them that we've seen done a bunch before, but they have everybody reacting to it like in such realistic ways. And even like, um, what's his name? Picote, like the kind of bad dude who's back in town. He's like, no, fuck this. Something. <laughs> no, 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 no. Fuck this. Something's going on here. Yep. Yeah, I feel like the the first like, you know, 45 minutes of the movie or maybe even longer, they're just they're so uh to me unconventional that it was just so hard for me to kind of like pinpoint exactly what was going on. Um 
So even like times where they're just like, oh, we're not on the map and stuff like that. Also, just like I, I still wasn't quite sure what maybe they were getting at, which, um, which I don't mean as a bad thing. It was cool. It was I love being surprised in films. So mm-hmm. agreed. I really liked that they were kind of hammering home this maybe supernatural element to it. But then, of course, it's not. Of course, it's just English-speaking assholes yeah. who are the main villain. But yeah, I thought it was also very cool how disorienting it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it's it's a mystery, and you're like, they're not on the map. What does that mean? And then like, oh, the phones aren't working. Oh, is something like going on? And then you see a UFO. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're like what is going on in this movie? And then you find out, no, the UFO is just a drone and these people are doing this. There's nothing, there's nothing supernatural like Burns said, like happening. This is all just, this is something that they're just doing and I love Tony Jr., the mayor. That, that was a great, that's a great character. He was cool. Uh, The dumping, I will never forget that image of a dump truck filled with books just dumping, just used, beaten up books like in a pile in front of the library. That's just like, it's beautiful. It's one of those things where you're like, that hasn't been done before in a movie? What a great visual. Yeah. It's great. I mean, they, yeah. they do so much with, with not a ton. Like, even even the scenes where, like, they're handing out all the food and stuff look really cool. Or, like, um, uh, I mean, just the whole movie just, it, it, it has, it's really just, like, it's almost hard for me to talk about. Because it's really not, like, any movie that I've seen personally. Um. So I'm still like kind of digesting it, I think. Yeah, for for all of its like genre hangings and homages, it's very unique. It's uh yeah. and it's very it takes risks when it needs to and it holds back when it should. It takes its time when it needs to and it escalates when it should. It gets super violent mm-hmm. when it calls for it, but then it's actually very sweet and and very character driven. It's just a it's a very well-made technically movie and also extremely tight. There's not like a wasted moment everything leads to something i love the moment when the doctor when she first right before she does the big apology uh mm-hmm. for like i'm sorry the way that i acted and you find out like they were friends like when they were younger and so she was probably taking it a little hard and they might have had a falling out all of these little tiny subplots are like hinted at to give your to give each character depth but she's got like that with with the medicine where she's like this is like a mood inhibitor so you think it's a painkiller, but it's actually a mood inhibitor. And you, now that you know what's going to happen in the movie, you realize, oh, the mayor was giving that to them so that they would be more impaired for when these guys are showing up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they never bring that up. They never say, that's why the pills were there. You just, you figure they, it they out. Trust the, they trust the audience to like look back and think about it and go, oh, all of that stuff was like seeded in there earlier, some more obvious than some. But it's just like, that's how you craft a really cool story, especially a genre movie. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think my favorite uh, kill in the movie is when um, the uh, the naked couple like shotguns the two assailants who are setting their like house on fire. Mm-hmm. I thought that scene was very cool. I like that, but also like that was also uh, you see a lot of their of that like near future tech happening at once. Um, cause she has like the translator and stuff like that. And she's really just like, I don't even know why the fuck I'm here. I don't know why I'm yeah. doing this. Yeah. There's fun stuff like the tech translator where I like that they use old school weapons to kind of like, so you don't know, they're not using like lasers and stuff like that Yeah, because we don't know if that does exist out there. Yeah. And that the, 
I love the uh, my my favorite kill is in the meeting room when they obviously hear like, okay, go ahead and kill these two guys. And the one girl is just like, oh, fuck, fuck, I don't have my gun. And, like, everybody else, like, starts, like, shooting them. It's, like, the coolest thing. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could give you uh, my favorite kill, but a lot of it was, like, reckoning after the kills that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. to me, it wasn't really the act of seeing the gunfire. It was more of them locking the big bad in the tomb at the end and just burying mm-hmm. him alive. Yeah. Which is an imminent kill. But you just don't get to see it. Right. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah, guys. It's a cool it's a cool movie. Um Is there any other uh moments or things you guys want to bring up about it? Oh gosh, it's so hard to separate this film into separate sequences because it all works so well together. Mm-hmm. It was definitely one of those films that you're kind of on the edge of your seat from the very beginning. Because it's just so hard to tell exactly what's going to happen. And so I just really enjoyed the whole thing, even though it felt very different genre-wise as it progressed through the film. But it didn't ever, as Bird said earlier, like reveal its cards. It assumed that the audience was intelligent enough to understand, and especially in retrospect, understand even more. Which is my favorite type of film. Yeah, it's it's the, it's not holding your hand, and I think that's one of the cool things about it taking its time in the earlier part of the movie, because it's just like, are you into this? Cool, now we're going to take it up a notch. It doesn't, the movie doesn't just slam up to 10 automatically. It gradually, sometimes will just go to 10 and go back down to 4 again, and then it goes to 5, and then it goes to 6, and then it go up to 10 real quick, and then come back to 5, and like, until the very end, where it's like, and now we're at 10. Mm-hmm. And it does it all very craftily without kind of showing its hand or giving anything away or making the audience feel like they might not be getting it unless that's the point of it like very much the first half hour of the movie you're supposed to be like what type of movie is this what's going on here this doesn't seem in vibe with the poster that i saw for the for the for the thing and then all of a sudden because you're also like where are all the other characters that i saw on that poster if you happen to see the poster before watching it you're like I'm only seeing some of them and then like, you know, 40 minutes into the movie is when we're like shown the bad guys and the first time that we're shown some new characters. And in any other movie, that might seem weird to just introduce like a new main character that's going to be along for the ride for the rest of the movie, like 40 minutes in. But they did it with Han Solo. So I guess it works. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I I I thought it was very effective when they introduced like those characters because like it's like the first English you hear in the movie. And for me, I was, I didn't, again, like, I didn't know anything about it going in, so I was very, like, what the fuck is this? You know, I was very surprised. Um, I thought that was, like, an effective way of kind of making those characters feel uh, like they're intruding in the movie by having so much of its length be, like, in Portuguese before, like, these English-speaking people come in. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, um, this is very, very off topic, but something that I just remembered I wanted to mention was even though these characters are despicable, these actions are not cool, but the fact that that couple that were part of the hunters got so horny after a kill, but I really liked that it was the woman who initiated, and it was really only the woman that you saw actually having mm-hmm. sex, like the men was the man was buried in the grass. 
Uh-huh. And you really only saw her and that uh-huh. she initiated it and that it was for her, which I thought was really cool. I'm not condoning yeah. the behavior, but I thought it was good representation. Yeah, you know, if you're DTF and they're DTF, F. Right, Just make, right. Make the an fact F that happen. it yeah. made it yeah. more about the woman than the man, I thought that was good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's the one, it was her idea. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, guys. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm I'm pretty much out of things to, to say more about Baccarat besides, you know, giving it its praises, but I mean... It's a good movie. Yeah. I hope they make another one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't hate it. <laughs> you, I mean, uh, wouldn't it, it'd be cool if like a group came in that actually had like the futuristic weapons? Yeah, like, take I know them down too. Not gonna, they're probably not going to do it, but I, I would. This entire crew, like the directors, the writers, the cinematography, the editing, the music, the actors, everything. I would love for them all to get together again and make another movie that's kind of like this. This movie was a massive success. One of like the taglines for it is like the movie that was seen o- by over a million people in Brazil, which is like a very large number for that country. Yeah, for like movie theater viewings, and so it's a big success. So hopefully, all of these people involved in this are going to be able to make some other projects, even if it's not together. We might be able to be getting like this cool influx of like new talent into the kind of indie genre scene. Uh, are you familiar with any of their other work? Either either of you guys. Uh, no, the, a lot of them are uh, shorts and um, just smaller kind of indie films. It didn't look to me as if anything had ever been on this scale. Or like, it's pretty crazy how well made this movie is. Yeah. For the fact that I don't know, I haven't heard of any. No, I'm not, I'm not the end all be all of it. But it's it just seemed to me like this seems like something that like when somebody's been making films for like a long time and it's so. Um, it's so uh, like confident, mm-hmm. yeah, and just risk taking that I would have thought, but it's they probably all just been working on smaller stuff that's not on any of their IMDb's or anything like that, and it's just it's insanely well made. Like that's the most like impressive thing about it, beyond the story and the fun stuff that's happening, which all of it I really do like too. The technicality like that's at work in this is just insane. Like the. It's it's shot so well. It's lit so well. It's cut so well. It sounds great. All of the actors who are probably, for the most part, uh, most of them are non-actors, are really good. And yep. even the actors who are actors, everybody's kind of on point. It doesn't get into that. It's like kind of hearkening back to a campy genre, but it itself never crosses the line into campiness. It kind of takes its, itself seriously even when it's trying to be a little goofy and fun, it never kind of goes into those grindhouse remake kind of genre failings that some of those movies have. Yeah, I would definitely agree with you. I think uh, for me, not that these two films are similar really in any way except for how I felt watching it, was it was very much like a bottle rocket movie for me. Like just watching something so completely new and fresh and was so welcomed, but also, as you said, so polished. Yes, it was very impressive. It's a good movie. Yeah, good I like movie. these types of movies that are just very human. It feels like these characters are just very real. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was it, they I it definitely feels like two distinct movies, one of them being almost like a documentary at times and then it turns into like crazy like thriller action fil- flick and it works really well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So, uh, 
Anything else, guys? Are we are we feeling good? I think that's about yeah. it. I think that was, that was a good talk on a good movie. <laughs> good talk on a good movie. Well, we're not the only uh, podcast on StoryScreen. Uh, StoryScreenBeacon.com is a host to all kinds of content and soon to be even more kinds of content coming soon. Uh, we got podcasts, articles, and reviews. Uh, we're going to be doing more things uh, coming up in the future, so follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook t- for updates on all those things. Uh, hopefully soon you can buy a fucking t-shirt and maybe even a goddamn tote bag. So put that on there. Spoilies. Spoilies. <laughs> um, so yeah. It's a, it's a big fucking tote bag. I remember seeing the sample and it looks... With maybe looks nice. some we, we, zippers? We got a different one. Oh, oh well then uh, never mind. We got a different one. We're going to do that one eventually uh, with the zippers, but we wanted to see if we could try and get one that's really big. Uh, and so we found one that is just so ridiculously big and kind of like just like really good quality mm-hmm. and they could and they're still open. That's the thing is that a lot of the places that were giving us a lot of this merchandise and stuff oh. uh, that we could order from aren't their open. factories aren't operational. So we were able to find one that was and we looked at their selection and we were like, yo, look at the size of that tote bag. <laughs> so we, Give me that shit. Is it like beach bag big? Uh, it's to it's the bo- beach. It's borderline beach put bag. Put a towel big. in it. <laughs> it's big. You can put a lot of bread in this. Thing. Oh, so if you have baguettes, or you could throw that chips, in there. Yeah, baguettes, mm-hmm. uh, cans of soda. Damn. Um, Good for a picnic. Uh, yep. Uh, chicken wings, sandwiches, uh, non-food items too <laughs> can go into it. You could buy a lot of pens and paper if you're going to write some stuff. You could put that all in there. Um, you could fit a printer in it, I think, mm. like a decent sized printer wow. for all of your remote printer needs. Yep. Uh, you could put records in it, CDs, uh, books, the uh, the other version of movies, books, like the written one. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, Greeting cards. So uh, we all you could put posters in it. Yeah, posters, <laughs> uh, toys put toys in it i'm looking around my room right now and i'm just like posters and toys and books are all i have it's a giant tote bag it's the size of a house uh we all wrote uh articles about what we uh recommend people stream while they're stuck at home right now uh does everyone have like one spoiler from your article that you want to shout out on the podcast oh yeah, or I, or something I, else if you wanted no, no, to tell no. people. My my main my main thing is uh I have a lot of blind spots for a lot of the movies that I have seen. There's a lot of big movies that I haven't that I've gotten around to, and that's been kind of my thing. Is every day I'm watching a movie that I've never seen, or a movie that I have seen that I don't quite remember, but it's a big classic. Uh, and one of the movies that I had never seen completely was The Hunt for Red October, and I finally watched the entire thing. That is a good movie yeah it's a very good movie where can people watch it uh humphrey red october i think is available on netflix i can't i gotta check my notes and stuff but it's available streaming somewhere like uh, if you have you know everybody says like oh it's on netflix it's free and it's like no you pay for netflix, yeah no so, but <laughs> netflix know, feels like a utility at this point it's 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 on a streaming service where you don't have to rent it if you have the service it's just there for you so nice I, that that's one of my big ones. Bernie, I mean, what about you? A lot of uh, Netflix is on auto pay for people, so for I sure. mean, yeah, it's money that you never see. 
just belongs to Netflix. Gotta get that cash fence, baby. (laughs) So no spoilers from my streaming list. But since this seems to be going kind of well, only time will tell once we listen back to it. I assume that Robbie and I will be doing a BoJack Horseman Catherine Ray cast sometime soon. So you can look forward to that. And you can watch it on Netflix. Yeah. That's also right. Don't burn. Don't we still have a scheduled uh, Edgar Wright? That is true. Um, yeah, we should just keep that. If this turns out good, we can just we can just do that. I think we were supposed to record that on like next Monday or something. I thought it was in April, but that is also coming up very soon, isn't it? It's almost mm-hmm. the end of March. Yeah. 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 No, like yeah, next Monday. <laughs> next Monday. Yes. Yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah, so we can do that. So we got that little series coming, and uh, maybe a John Carpenter watch. Hey, man, I'm uh, into it. Series. I think that sounds like a lot of fun. I'll do it. That he's. Easily one of my favorite directors, if not one of my favorite composers yeah. in movies. And he's got a slew of great movies and a slew of just like, Johnny, Johnny, you need to take a break. Don't uh, cut it out. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind watching those. That's certainly a blind spot for me, and I'm, I'm known to have many. Uh, I recommend people watch. I watched the first season of Altered Carbon, Altered Carbon on Netflix. Oh, we- Fin- As we've heard. Yes, and uh, I really liked it. It's it's at times very dumb, but also very cool. Um, yeah, I told you it was a Robbie show. It's very, it's very much a Robbie show. I started the second season last night, and I, I'm already not as into it, but the first season's mm-hmm. really cool, so I recommend that. All right, guys. Uh, for, the, for the listener at home, it has become night since we started recording, <laughs> and Robbie has refused to turn on his lights. We well, can, I can't get up and do chatting. it. I mean, I can get up and no, do uh, it. No, no, you don't. It's, it's fine. It's, it's okay. But he looks, he kind of looks like the Rubber Johnny uh, video, if you've ever seen that Rubber Johnny <laughs> video. He was definitely disappearing. Yeah, that... he was disappearing into the fold. <laughs> yeah. his, his beard and his mustache were kind of floating. Mm-hmm. Oh, now there he is. I can see him. Hey. Well... Now that you turn the light on, I guess that's it. That's All it. right. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, you know, if you have any feedback on this episode specifically, let us know because this is a different way that we're doing it and we're totally open to, to feedback and stuff like that. But yeah. Uh, hit us up. See you soon. Stay healthy out there. And uh, thank you two for joining me. You're welcome. Thanks for having us. You got it. Support your local small businesses in any way that you can. True. Very true. Everyone's hurting. Big, it's a big deal right Absolutely now. Absolutely agree. Care of, let's take care of one another and watch some movies. True. All right, guys. Peace. Bye.